What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to The Crunch, episode 92. We're going with 92. It is, it is... I can't, I can't enter it like him. He, <laughs> it's your boy, Ethan Stevie. <laughs> Hi, I'm Patrick, and you're listening to the Crunch. Today, I'm joined. Today, I'm joined with Matt Baker from the Roman Circus Podcast. Say hi, Matt. Hey, how are you? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. I. How are you? <laughs> oh, I'm great. I just as a, you know, if you want to pat yourself on the back, this is something I didn't tell you, but I've been doing podcasting for five years or so, and this is the first time I've ever been on someone else's podcast. That's ridiculous. It is really That's insane. I don't know. It is weird, and it makes me sound like I have had lame podcasts for five years, but it's just one of those things <laughs> where I, I just haven't been on someone else's podcast. You've been jilted by the podcasting community, and we here at Crunch Industries LLC are happy to (laughs) have been the first to snag you as a guest. Yes, well, it's Um, a pleasure to work here, and I I am happy. (laughs) I look forward to spending many productive years at the Crunch Industries. Uh, Here's your mop. Don't screw him. Um, That might be too much. Matt and I were just talking for like, I don't know, it was about like 10, 20 minutes about what we were going to talk about today. And in in true crunch fashion, this is is why I'm so happy because I have never met Matt in real life or talked to him outside of the internet. We, We talked briefly through replies on the Roman Circus podcast account. So I've never like... I just recently saw his face on the internet for the first time. He's not even looking at me right now. I'm looking at his icon on his screen, which is Benedict and Metal. So it reminds me of when we started The Crunch, when Ethan and I briefly talked on the internet for you know, two minutes, and then he was like, let's start a podcast, and I met him via podcast live online. And that blossomed into a beautiful friendship he denies we have every day. So maybe <laughs> my friendship with Matt will also be something that Matt denies having every episode. I hope that we can have that kind of relationship. Yes, I, I hope I hope that I can actively deny you three times in public. <laughs> that would be a that would be quite an achievement for the both of us. This is this is also a friendship bore out of necessity because Zach and Ethan have left us. That's true. Matt and I are in the same position. Zach is Zach is where he's abroad. Zach is a man. He is not abroad. But uh, <laughs> sorry, is this is this the lame jokes? Are they coming through? Um, he yeah, it's it's oh, it's perfectly clear. Yeah, no, he's in. Uh, he 
went to London and then he went to, he's going to France and then back to London and then back to America. That's too fancy for this podcast. He's not going to Rome. No, he's not. That's, you know, that's where he actually had his conversion. Like his conversion actually oh. happened in Rome. That's perfect. Isn't if it? you're gonna if you're gonna take a twelve hour plane trip across the Atlantic Ocean, you should at least go to go to Rome. Yeah, like I, that, I, that's my. I thought you were gonna say if you take a twelve hour plane trip across the Atlantic, you should at least convert to a different religion. <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna take a twelve hour plane ride to Italy, you might as well become a Catholic. Yeah, that's I'm, my unironic opinion. That is, I, I understand why non Catholics take trips to Rome. Well, okay, okay, I'm gonna take that back. Yeah, I understand. I, I understand why non-Catholics take trips to Rome, right? But like, I don't understand how non-Catholics take trips to Rome and then come back not Catholic. Like, we have Saint Peter's bones. Who else has Saint Peter's bones? No one, just us. <laughs> yeah, so right? if you're if you're a Protestant and you listen to our podcast, which there there are several, come 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 hang out with us because we have the skeletons of saints and. Jesus' body and blood. Okay. Do you? So, for those of you who don't know, <laughs> question before we continue: Do you think that you would be strong enough to convert? Like, is that something you've ever thought about? Oh, this is a really good question, and I think no. I I kind of think no, also, because it a lot of times it's you know it's your faith is with your family, your background, and your faith is your family. Yeah. So it's on some level not disowning your family, but disowning your like history kind of slightly. Right. So it, it's such an amazing thing. It's such a, like you have to be a really strong person to basically tell that whole side of yourself to kick rocks and become this new person. Oh yeah. We were talking about this on, well, Zach, Zach was actually in that conversation. We were talking about conversion and how um, certain like allowances, of like, oh, Protestants can do this and be kind of Catholic and all this stuff, mm-hmm. how those allowances like kind of slap the faces of converts because these converts have given up everything. I mean, Jesus himself says to Jewish converts, you know, like you have to leave your parents, hate your kin. Um, right. Can I at least bury my father first? No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Let the dead bury their dead. You yeah. have to come with me. And it's like, yeah, it's, 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 like, it's easier said than done, but like what isn't easier said than done? Yeah, no, it's it's uh, through God all things are possible. I guess is what we are supposed to say. Yeah. So, in a, in a pod in a podcast full of full of cradle Catholics, which this usually is a podcast full of cradle Catholics. Um, I think yeah, I, I think I have to say yeah, I, I don't I don't think I would have the strength to convert because when I think about converting to other religions, like what would happen if all of a sudden tomorrow I decided to become a Lutheran? Like I don't think I'd be able to do it because I'm so entrenched in the church. And that's partially because this church is true, and I believe that with my heart. But also, like, what if the ter- tables were flipped and I was a Lutheran, and I grew up my entire life believing that, uh, I don't know, like, consubstantiation is how the Eucharist works, and all of this stuff. And, like, re- read all these Lutheran authors and be really proud about my Lutheran right. faith. And then all of a sudden I realized, oh, wait, this is a lineup. We need to have a pope and, like, real stuff. So I don't my, know if I'd be able to do it. Right. My grandma actually went from Lutheran to Catholic before— before she married my grandfather so way back so she did it as a youngster which is pretty cool but yeah no i agree with i and maybe this is a i'm i'm coming across as catholic elite but 
you're right. The idea of leaving Catholicism for something else is like, oh man, I'm leaving 2000 years of history. Like there's all this stuff. So I would be leaving that. But in my view, coming into it, it's more of, oh, I'm gaining 2000 years of history. So that's where the disconnect and yeah, is kind of for me. So yeah, it's it's kind of funny that we're talking about this because of course we're both cradle Catholics. But from my perspective, that two thousand years of history you were talking about can right. be even more intimidating, you know, because like uh, if you're coming into this church and all of a sudden everyone around you're used to being in you know a praise and worship church like an evangelical non denominational church where like you kind of do your own thing, and then all of a sudden everyone knows when to stand, sit, kneel, stand, sit, kneel, and you're completely lost. Or everyone knows about, like, St. Clair and St. Francis, and everyone knows about St. Polycarp, and you're like, who, who are these people? And so it's it's the, the tradition and the years of history can be a reason to convert, but can also be a detraction. Right. I, yeah, and well, then, but then I would say that, like, an encouragement to converts, I guess. Wow, we, would, we, get, we dove into a topic really quickly. Um, an encouragement yeah. to converts would be like, yeah, yeah, sure, you're leaving – a whole bunch of your family's tradition, but then you're single-handedly turning the wheel and affecting all of your ancestors for years and years and years to come in this positive direction. I mean, most of us, no, sorry, everyone comes from a convert. There's no such thing as a cradle Catholic all the way back to the first family. You know, yeah, everyone converted. Christianity is a religion of converts. Right. Catholicism is a religion of converts. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Also, to make converts feel better, as a cradle Catholic, there is so much I've been learning that I did not know, and it's so. Oh yeah, it's not it's not just intimidating if you're converting into the religion. It's just keep in mind it, and uh, maybe it makes them feel more comfortable that it is. It will continue to be intimidating, even when you're in the religion. So I don't know. I I probably. I don't think the Vatican is going to hire me to be the marketer anytime soon with that statement for Catholicism. <laughs> Catholicism, it's hard. Uh, Catholicism, it's really tough. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's true. Like you, and I have to watch out. As, like if you listen to the podcast, which I'm sure every single one of your listeners do or will, I, <laughs> I have to watch myself that I don't sound like I'm just completely bashing my upbringing because I'm not. I, there are things that frustrate me about it that I'm learning, but also I'm very appreciative that I grew up Catholic and that I had parents who stayed Catholic and taught me to stay Catholic. So it's, yeah, it's, I don't know where we're at in what we're talking about, but it's, uh, yeah, Catholicism is good. Catholicism's good. And I, I, I fall into that temptation too of bashing my parents because I mean, so the thing about converts is they're usually super on fire for their faith. And the thing about cradle Catholics is they're usually kind of, you know, yeah. that's the, that's the stereotype, I guess you mm -hmm. could say. And a lot of what happens is when high schoolers that are cradle Catholics, quote unquote, have their big conversion moment, you know, at, like they say, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know how many people I've talked to that said, man, this one Steubenville conference, it's classic, but so, or like, or like this, this moment where they, they went to mass and they realized it and they, the kind of the scales fall off and the, Oh, what a fool I've been feeling comes in and you're just like crying and all that stuff. Right. The first thing that a kid does, or at least the first thing that I tried to do, sorry, mom was blame my parents, mm -hmm. but like 
because you're like, why didn't anybody tell me this? And the the answer is they tried their best to tell you, but no, like you yeah. need something to shatter. And I mean, my mom is not a revert to Catholicism, but she's a revert from like not really being 100% into her faith. Mm-hmm. And I've to- I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I wasn't baptized until I was two and a half, which is a weird age to be baptized because usually you come in as a convert or as a like three month old baby, you know, as soon as possible. Yeah. But my mom didn't baptize me at first. Um, and she tells a story about this dream that she had and like, I need to baptize. I'm the firstborn. So she's like, I need to baptize him and all this stuff. And like that kind of brought her back into the faith. That's cool. And so when I'm, Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's one of my favorite stories that my mom tells me, but anyway, so that, um, what was I saying? Oh yeah. We have this temptation to blame our parents for our loop quote-unquote lukewarm upbringing Mm -hmm. where in reality a lot of the lukewarmness is usually our fault because you know you don't have to inherit your parents lukewarmness right you could choose to be an on fire for your faith cradle catholic right uh, from a very young age many saints do (laughs) yeah yeah, somehow somehow they figure out really early that jesus is the best person in the world and they should love him with all their hearts yeah i don't know how they do it but (laughs) Yeah. No. So we we have a very big age difference, right, Matt? Um, yeah, I don't think I've ever publicly stated in during my podcast years, but I'm 34 years old. Gotcha. So we're 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 a little bit of a decade apart. So you have a lot more wisdom than yes, I do. Yes, yes, yes. Very much so. Thank you. Uh, thank you for saying <laughs> that. It's it is very apparent. I I I don't know. I it's <laughs> but I see like it's if I allow me to. Uh, heap praise upon you and Ethan for a moment, but, Oh, please do. Yes. Please do. Yes. Thank you. I, I will. I, uh, you know, but it, for me as a, as an old crotchety son of a gun, it's nice <laughs> to see like, uh, the Utes getting out there and podcasting. Cause you guys, I, I did, I was talking to my buddy about coming on today and I said, they're, they're dialed in with the youths is the sentence I said, but it's true. Like you, I'm discovering all this stuff. Like it, it. I didn't know about weird Catholic Twitter until we started the podcast. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't in the realm of that. But it, I just like seeing all the. I knew what Steubenville was, but I, I just like seeing all the stuff that comes with. Like, it makes me kind of look back on my college experience at Arizona State University when, when it was a party school not like now where it's actually kind of academic posing as a former party school but yeah so it it's a uh, I remember just hearing you guys when Zach went on last year and was really impressed that there were these early 20s somethings that actually cared about their faith like it was nice to hear and I think I think that's what attracted a lot of people to the podcast at first. Right. Was um, I mean, our, to be to be honest, it's not us; it's our audience. Like they, if if there weren't young adult Catholics who are this on fire for their faith, we wouldn't exist anymore. We probably would have stopped like after three episodes, you know, because no one would have listened. But this, I, I I'm I'm always so astounded when people talk about our generation, about like the nuns, you know, mm. and like the millennials and you're a millennial right. as well sure but not 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 being here and it's absolutely true that millennials aren't in the pews anymore but 
I have nothing but hope. And a lot of times people kind of like laugh at my hope, but I have nothing but hope for the future because there are fewer and fewer. What happens with, with people leaving, right? Is there are fewer and fewer nominal Catholics. Mm -hmm. And so people get, get a better idea of what a dedicated Catholic looks like. And I'm not saying that people leaving the church is a good thing. I'm just saying that sometimes this is what happens. Sometimes you need a little bit of like surgery on the body of Christ and this, this not really his body, but like our broken, broken souls. Yeah, no, I know. What you um, mean. Yeah. Sometimes we need a little bit of surgery and like, hopefully that part gets stitched back together someday. And that's what we have to do. But when the people that I follow, my friends that I follow on Twitter, the young people that I knew when I was in high school, these people that I'm meeting in college and the people that I'm meeting at my job right now with Adora ministries, shout out Adora ministries. Mm -hmm. I'm, I see nothing but, good things and like if pope john paul ii is one person who can like change the conversation of christianity then why can't all of these people and we're gonna have another pope john paul ii we're gonna have another saint francis coming out of our generation everyone gets one sure as well, long as let me let me interject and say pope francis may he live forever just in case anyone was uh mistaken on what we were saying oh yes of course <laughs> <laughs> yeah no but i i I'm actually, just to put it bluntly, like, I'm fine with the bloodletting. Like, I'm fine with just getting everyone out, really. Like, if you're, if you, if you want to be in, like, I want everyone in, don't get me wrong, but I want everyone to want to be in, right? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to do the culling myself, obviously. No, sure, like, I'm, I'm not, I can't, I, I'm not just going to Thanos the Catholic Church, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. but... Oh, man, imagine that. <laughs> What would like the five? Uh, it it'd be instead of the five stones, it would be uh, like a relics, like the five relics of church doctors or something. I don't know, but it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it. My it's I had a, six infinity stones, by the way. Oh, it's six. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But I, I had a talk with another friend who, he he was kind of implying that the church need should kind of reexamine its stances on some things, otherwise the crowd like the congregation sizes are going to get smaller and i i just kind of let him talk because the conversation really wasn't going anywhere specifically but what i wanted to say and maybe i should have was like no man like you hold strong and if they can't handle it they get out and then they can come back when they can handle it like that's kind of yeah it's 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 a kind of a rough attitude but if you truly believe what the church teaches and you truly believe what happens every Sunday or actually every day at daily mass, then you hold strong. Yeah. And those, those kinds of, those kinds of remarks, obviously they come from a good place. Like, I mean, it's a, well, oh, of course. why, why not, you know, just say this and people will stay. And what, what ends up, I, one time I was, I was riding in an Uber coming back from a conference to, uh, uh, to the airport. Um, it was Seek last couple of years ago. And um, the the Uber driver was like, oh, so you're, you're Catholic and you're at this Catholic conference. I was like, yes. He's like, can I ask you a question? And I just buckled my seatbelt again. I was like, so ready for this question. Right. And he was like, why can't nuns say mass? And I was like about to like get on my soapbox and be like, well, the, the darn liberals are trying to take over the mass <laughs> yeah. and take over the Catholic. And he was like, no, because like, honestly, I don't, there's a shortage of priests. So why can't nuns just say mass? 
and you and so it's, it's this innocent sort of like oh you have this problem you have you don't have that many people well there's a bunch of people over here you're not using why not use them and i calmly explained to him you know oh well this is the sacrament of holy orders and they're actually two different things right. and all this all this stuff and he was like oh okay cool that makes sense you know my daughter's really into her faith and i'm trying to get back into my faith too and i just saw this little like this little moment where i could have I could have ranted like I do on the internet yeah. <laughs> or I could have calmly explained to him his honest question. Right. And so with your friend, I can't help but think, you know, Oh, he's just thinking, well, if the goal of the church is to keep butts in pews, then why don't they just do this? And that'll accomplish the goal. Right. Well, and that's true. Yeah. If the goal were that, but the goal isn't that the goal is preaching the truth. And so I'm sure that he would understand that more. Well, yeah. Well, so that every, we all understand that. Everything everything they say comes from a sweet place. It is really like a, you're, you're right. It is deep down from, it's a misunderstanding, but it's from a sweet place. Right. And it, yeah. but everything, it's kind of the general rule that we have. It makes everything easier to take in when you realize everything people want, they want from the good, right? Because everything is a yeah. good. It's, it's either a good or it's a perceived good. Right. So it, you, if we look at things like the, the people saying, well, why can't nuns say the mass? Like instead of taking it as an affront to our entire religion, like, oh, no, he's in his in his way. He's trying to help the Catholic Church. Yeah. So in even some of the more harsh and more strict, you know, political issues, these people, we may think of them as trying to take down the Catholic Church, and some people are. Like, honestly, there are people. But but a lot of people, they're just looking at a perceived good. So and it, a lot of evangelization, that would mean a lot of evangelization is just taking someone's perceived good and walking them towards a better or truer good. Well, yeah, and um, it, but that's how it happens. Yeah. It happens with all of us, really. Like, even even Catholics who don't miss Mass who think— of something some way we eventually use that to get walked to the truth the full truth so yeah i mean it yeah i guess the the idea is to not not angrily reject what they're saying but to kind of take what they're saying and mold it down the right path i guess yeah, I, I I was tempted to uh, to to tweet this, but I decided to talk about it on the podcast instead. <laughs> just now, I didn't decide this ahead of time. This is a fantastic conversation, by the way. Super excited you're on and talking. But hey, thanks. Side note, yeah, you got it. <laughs> um, it's kind of the Occam's Razor point uh, approach to evangelization. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's easier to assume that someone is trying to destroy all of my beliefs than to try and like make assumptions that give them excuses to why they're acting the way that they are. And we see this when, when you're like ministering to people that are obviously gravely sinning. And mm. I don't know if you guys are familiar with father Greg Boyle. He's a Jesuit priest who founded this ministry called homeboy industries in it's in, it's in, it's in California. I think it's in Los Angeles. Are you familiar with it? Humble. What'd you say? Homeboy. Homeboy. Oh, like it's gang. Yeah. Ministry. It's the, the chips, they do chips and salsa. Right. Oh, really? I think I think I've seen that where they sell chips and salsa at some stores out here. Yeah, they do a lot. They have they're they're essentially their ministry is giving gang members jobs, and their slogan is "Nothing stops a bullet like a job." And I like that slogan. But a lot of a lot of their ministry is just 
not just getting gang gang members off the streets, but giving them the ability to get themselves back on their feet and get out of the gang life eventually. But there is a transitionary period, right? And I'm reading his book. It's called Tattoos on the Heart. Highly recommend. And it kind of shifted my approach to evangelization from evangelizing to the marginalized and and like like the poor and the weak and kind of shifting my view to say like oh well just no no it's 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 about evangelizing the marginalized and the marginalized are also dirty dirty sinners just like you and so you're gonna have to get your hands dirty not just like by going and giving up everything you have but also by sitting with people who have done horrible things he's telling me all these things that these people have done like he's ministering and giving jobs to people that have murdered people. And so I guess my point is if he can do that, you can talk, you can evangelize someone who's anti-Catholic. Um, but yeah, so his, uh, the, Oh my gosh, where was I going with that? What were we talking about right before I talked about this? You, you're just talking about evangelization and how the homeboys, they try and help them not only get at, like have a job, but get out of the life. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's about like, Oh, his, his, oh my gosh. I just watched his speech today. Um, hmm. actually, I think I've made my point is that he, he evangelizes to gang members who have committed heinous crimes. And there's this transitionary period between, you know, them getting a job with homeboy industries and them finally ending all of their gang activity. There's a part of their life where they are in the church and they're also sinning where they're like in, in his arms and they're also sitting. And so that's the hardest part of evangelization is when you're trying to walk someone from their perceived good, however heinous that perceived good is towards the real good. And that's, that's something that I never thought of when it comes to evangelization is there's this transition period. And that's the hardest part because you're like, why are you still doing what you're, what you were doing before? Don't you know that's over? You've got to do this now forever. And then you kind of look at yourself and you're like, well, I sin all the time. So what's the problem here? Right. That's the, we've all, there's all something we've done in our lives that we have the hardest time kicking, but we know we need to kick it. Right. And it can yeah. be, it can be something as simple, quote unquote, as uh, listening to horrific music. Right. Um, yeah. But it, or it could be as tough as, you know, like any of the stuff I won't mention. But, um, yeah, you, it just – it's such a – and it, it is, it's like a make-or-break point for people too. It really is the – what the parable of the um, – I'm getting uh, – sorry, I'm getting parables. And in Phoenix, we have this mountain, um, and we have this thing on the mountain that they call Praying Monk. Mm-hmm. And – because it's just like a, a a giant rock that looks. They they say the the idea is that it was a monk who was trying to climb the mountain, but he couldn't climb it successfully because he couldn't give up his possessions that were weighing him down, and instead he just got turned into stone. So it. Oh wow. Yeah, and it's kind of cool, but it it uh, so it's that it's it really is the moment of this is what I need to do in order to progress. And, but I, I love it. Oh, so much. I, and I can't, I can't imagine my life without it. Like they're like, you know, the, the sin, you have to realize like the sin in our lives. Some it's, we can't imagine ourselves without this sin is even, even if we've never thought about it that way, like it's just becomes a part of you. 
So you're, what you're asking is for people to take the next step as a person they don't know, as a person they can't remember. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just, when you look at it that way, like it, it's so hard. It's incredibly hard. And, but it, it, it's, I mean, it's fulfilling. And for you, the evangelizer, like, it's just so cool to witness for other people to do that. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. But, yeah, so you learned about the praying monk right now. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I, we, we don't do episode specific, um, uh, title cards or what's it called? We don't do episode specific cover art, Yeah. but I definitely, I would consider making that our episode specific cover art if I could, but I can't do that. So I'm not going to, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, the, the phrase that I was trying to remember was, uh, don't judge the, oh my gosh, never mind. I can't remember the turn of phrase, how he said it, but essentially <laughs> it was along the lines of everyone's carrying something, mm-hmm. some kind of trauma, some kind of heartbreak, some kind of loss. Don't judge them for how they're carrying it right like it's it's really hard to say because you sound like you're saying oh don't worry if someone sins they're probably just like really sad sounds like you're not catholic catholic libertarian yeah exactly but what i'm really saying is and what i'm saying to myself essentially is give other people the benefit of the doubt that you give yourself like oh it's okay that i sin like this i'm just really sad right now i mean if you think about it like that's just that's the one way that's the one that's the one way street to a day and it's like well i'm just you know i'm just gonna do this because i'm bummed and you're like right well okay i'm just gonna do this because i had a bad day or i'm gonna do this because of this because of this because of this a lot of people like he's talking about gang members a lot of these gang members are turned to this crime turned to this life of crime because their father was not only absent but maybe present and also beat the crap out of them every day right and they had to run and go somewhere or they were looking for family they had no family or or they, they are addicted to drugs because their mom was addicted to drugs and did drugs while she was pregnant with them. You know, these are all real life situations. And so when you're looking at evangelizing to, say, gang members, which I guess is like really prevalent in today, like this week's political discourse, I mm-hmm. guess. So if you're going to say that gang members are the worst thing possible, all these people are carrying horrible trauma. And that's why they did and carried it this way. So like you you got to just give them the benefit of the doubt that you give yourself. That makes sense. I'm, I'm going to, sometimes I talk past the point where I've made my point. You know what I mean? Sure. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> they, they get the idea. Yeah. It, it's just right. We're not, we're, it's not as simple as person X does this and that's it. And he just does it. And then he goes to sleep and then he wakes up the next day and he eats some food and then he sins and goes to sleep. Like it's, it's, our entire life, it, it's every factor that we've come in contact with in our entire life, essentially, right? And it, yeah. we have, that's not to say we don't have the free will and the ability to get out of it. It's just sometimes, for, I guess, for lack of a better term and not to let people off the hook, but they just, they can't. They really can't until, until someone tells them you can 
right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I just started reading a book. It's, it's a book about St. Anthony, a, a high school in New Jersey, in Jersey City, and they have a legendary ba- high school basketball program. It's coached by this guy, Bob Hurley, who's just legendary high school basketball coach. And it's a dirt poor high school. And in in the first few chapters, they talk about this kid, Beanie, and he is the only male in his family that's not in jail or because of drugs or selling drugs. And they talk about this, the <laughs> it's a slippery slope and kind of like a, a razor's edge of saying, like, you you no one thinks you should be able to succeed and it's but him taking it as oh i can't succeed or him taking it as like a motivation to succeed right so it's yeah. always like a a razor's edge of ha- these people how much do they use things for motivation or how much do they use it to slip back into their lifestyle they shouldn't be in and it's mm-hmm. It, it right we we get so caught up in fighting battles because we we all have this natural desire to defend our faith but sometimes sometimes the best defense for someone else is just kind of hearing them out and and trying to explain rather than like pulling out your sword ready to chop off the heads of the heretics and pagans right in front of you. Yeah. I mean, this goes for Protestants, right? Like mm-hmm. people that are caught up in, I guess, the sin of not being fully in communion with the church. Mm-hmm. It goes for people who are stuck in serious sin, like serious sexual sin. It goes for people that are caught in like drugs and idolatry, sorry, adultery, people caught in idolatry, I guess also. Sure. But I mean, I was, I was talking about this on Twitter the other day, and it's been coming up in conversation over and over again. It's okay to be angry at the system. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're, we're mad because the government's doing horrible things to immigrant families, right? We're mad because of, like, the death penalty and abortion and all of these horrible things. And we're mad at the system that's perpetrating these, these evils, right? Sure. And it's okay to be mad as long as, like, that's not what fuels your life, you know, because this this anger. I don't know if you ever saw Avatar The Last Airbender. Uh, Did you ever watch Avatar The Last Airbender? Wait, I, is that, are you talking about Avatar, the movie with the blue people? No, no, no. I'm talking about the cartoon on, uh, oh, on Nickelodeon. Yeah, no, no. The, the one that was later made into an M. Night Shyamalan flick. Yeah, so we don't talk about that on this podcast. Yeah, though. okay. Podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm just learning the rules. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I never... Here, here at the Corruption Industries LLC. I, yeah, I never watched that cartoon, no. Okay, cool. So so I will I will, I will will describe to you then and the audience who doesn't know. So so Zuko is a firebender, okay? He, okay. he can shoot fire out of his hands. Um, and he, he was, he was um, burned by his father and exiled. He's the prince of the fire nation, and he was exiled by his father by um, a duel. He had to fight his dad. He lost. He got his face, half his face burned off and cast a, a cast away. And the only, the only thing that he can do is bring the Avatar back, which is like this magical person who can like bend all the elements. 
Okay. It's fine. I mean, he's like a anyway. It's not the lore is not as important as the lesson. He, okay. he eventually befriends the avatar and realizes that he's been fighting on the wrong side. And then all of a sudden, his reason to be his reason for living is gone. Wow. His entire life, he was like the avatar is my only getting and killing and bringing or killing in killing and bringing in the avatar is my only hope in life and then all of a sudden that's taken away from him and then all of a sudden he can't firebend anymore and so him and the avatar both have to learn how to firebend again so they walk up this mountain and they go find the first firebenders this ancient civilization and they go they tell him you know you've been firebending out of your anger firebending doesn't come from your anger it comes from your love and i always thought that was a really crazy lesson for a children's television program huh yeah applying it to like our faith and our evangelization our power the the holy spirit does not come through anger you can absolutely be angry at a system but don't let that fuel your evangelization don't hate the system love the person that's caught up in it and sometimes that means loving a mother who's just killed her child right. sometimes that means loving a gang member who is selling drugs to kids Sure. Sometimes that means loving a Protestant who actively hates your faith. It's really, really tough. But if it wasn't tough, it wouldn't be Catholic. It wouldn't be Christian. Um, it's like letting love fuel our evangelization is so important. I love how this podcast always turns into an evangelization podcast. This is great. This is great. Yeah, no, this is fun because on Roman Circus, Zach and I are actively trying to not evangelize. So I'm glad to, you know, take part in some evangelization. You just, just like talk. You just. I mean, you guys are you guys are kind of evangelizing, right? Just no, no, no. We we say this is our church. Get out. That's what we say. Oh. <laughs> um, it's it, literally just the church of Matt and Zach. Yes. No. It's uh. We we've grown quite tired of Sedevacantus, so we're going. We're like, we're fractioning away from Sedevacantus to just us. Just us. We're going the step that they won't take. We're we're going past Pope Michael. We're going. We're going straight to to wait. That's just yeah. that's just non denominationalism, isn't it? It might it might be, but yeah, I, anger, man, anger is like it's tough to know the like the balance between justified anger and just sheer stupid anger. But but Matt, yes. Jesus flipped the tables in the temple, and Saint Nicholas punched a heretic into face. That means that I can get really mad when someone calls my scapula stupid, right? Well, see, Saint Nicholas punching a heretic in the face is just—that's just good Wednesday night activity. That's not even anger. That's just you know uh, eutropalia, the the <laughs> <laughs> right rightly ordered uh, recreation. But I'm sure that I'm sure that Arius got a few punches in too. Tbh. Yeah, there's he, no way that guy didn't go down swinging. Oh, he, I'm sure he did. Yeah, it, but like, what do we even? Can we even classify the flipping over of the tables as anger? It was, I mean, he he did it. He did it for a specific purpose, right? It wasn't. Yeah. He, he didn't just come. He did, didn't walk into walk into the temple and just like you know what I need. He's he's not like a. I'll use basketball again. He's not just like a basketball coach trying to fire up his team by getting a technical, right? He didn't use it as yeah. a, he didn't use it as a moment of like these guys really <laughs> they 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 really do not believe me. But you know what will get them flipping the tables? Like it's the yeah they were 
making a mockery of this place. So it's, I don't know, it's, but that's not to say if someone's making a mockery of your faith, you should just like flip out. Straight up hit them. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I had a conversation with a coworker once and he, again, it, it got frustrating because he basically admitted to me that he was just poking me to see how much I really knew about my faith. And I was like, well, this is a dumb conversation. But, I want to stop this now. <laughs> yeah, but because it, it was just, I was trying not to get angry because it was all about like uh, money. Like I, I can't stand when people, like people's poking of Catholicism is money based. Like why are, why are there big churches when they should give money to the poor? You know, you know, you're not really giving money to the poor when you give put money in the collection basket like that was kind of what he was saying yeah here's here's my response to that is if we were to take all of the art in the vatican and sell it because okay so if you have all of this art you're supposed to sell it okay cool sure Mm -hmm. let's take that then we sell it to someone say bill gates sure but now bill gates has to sell all this art because he has all this art so then he sells it okay now that guy has all this art now he has to sell it where does it end? It's an infinite regression, and that argument does not make any sense. Well, it doesn't so go on, right? It, well, it doesn't make any sense because it's just like it's just a child asking questions, right? It's not, yeah, it's not anything to do with doctrine or actual actual theology. It's just like, oh, well, you guys have why why does uh, why does the Pope wear all that wear all that those clothes? Like he just looks like it's too gaudy and too outrageous. Well, like. Well, he's the Pope and he's the figurehead. Like with the, he can wear the clothes because he has a ton of responsibility. Like with the clothes comes the responsibility, or with yeah. or with the churches come the salvation of the entire population. Right? It's and if you're nothing without the Alp, you don't deserve to have it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean it. It's <laughs> so <laughs> Spider Man, right? <laughs> right. I. Uh, but yeah, it's just like who. I don't know. I mean, it, 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 I don't now. Good. I'm I'm officially a crunch member because I forget where I'm going with this too. But uh, that is a recurring theme on our podcast. Yeah. You are right. But oh, the point is, I could have sat there and let all this anger me, and I did kind of get upset because I realized he was just kind of poking at me. But really, like you can, it takes strength to just deflect the nonsense and see where you can slip in good stuff right like that's kind of our battle on the other end is deflecting the nonsense so yeah yeah there's that so matt i guess i guess i have more of like a personal let's get real question with you then okay um we've been talking a lot about like conversion of other people and how we can better aid others through conversion this is like also a personal question for myself because I just want to know: Do you have the, a practice that you do to ensure your constant conversion? You know what I mean. We're all called to daily conversion. Do you have like a daily prayer practice that you do to make sure that you remember that you are supposed to be a Christian? Because I feel like I forget all the time. Yeah. Well, okay. It's kind of interesting you bring this up because I did text my spiritual director yesterday that we need to get together and meet because he needs to help me kind of redo my prayer life because I, I, I think I'm unfortunately kind of slipping into a, um, just kind of a cycle of the same things over and over and over again. And there's something good about repetition, obviously like the rosary is repetition and, but 
at the same time, um, doing the same, doing the same things. It, this is going to sound so not priestly, right? It, <laughs> because they do, they can, a lot of them do the daily office over and over and over again. And there are nuns that <laughs> do the same thing over and over and over again, but I'm not, I'm not them and I'm not strong and I'm a big dummy, but it, yeah, I want, I'm, I want to kind of do things to keep me energized. Like instead of saying the same prayers every morning, I want to start saying new things or learning, um, learning prayers. Like I try and learn prayers in Latin when I can, because it actually makes me focus on what I'm saying more, even though I don't necessarily know the Latin, I know the prayer. So Mm. if that makes sense. So I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's things like that. I, Or when I get to work <laughs> lately, and when I get to work, I'm trying to say the litany of humility when I, before I start work because then I remember that I'm not the greatest thing of all time and people shouldn't bow before me in my endless knowledge of how to do the job correctly. Uh, <laughs> but it, um, yeah, just things like that. It, I... I'm trying to be serious about adoration. Like I, mm-hmm. I actually have lately sat, I, I sit beyond the pews. I sit in the front of the pews because one, it's kind of awkward to see some adult not sitting in a pew and sitting on the ground, but also it, you know, helps keep me focused. So I'm not distracted by everybody walking in and out and it kind of, I also am of the mind that you should absolutely be willing to be humiliated in a church scenario. Not humiliated, humbled, I guess. Um, and humiliated. And humiliated. I think we should draw. I think we should bring back tying and feathering people in the cathedral courts. I think that would up conversions. That's my personal opinion. Oh, we could turn. We could make a sport out of it. It would be great. But it'd be called chicken ball. It'd be great. Yeah, well, like I talked to some people who, like I've heard some people saying that they don't like receiving on the tongue because it kind of looks awkward. And I'm like, well, if you believe what it is, like you should be willing to be in a humbled state and willing to be looking awkward for something if you truly believe the real presence is in the Eucharist, right? So it's I don't like receiving on the tongue when it's a lay minister because they're a more likely to drop it. And also if there's no patent underneath. Yeah. My tongue, I feel like, I feel like, oh no, what if they drop it? I'm so scared. And I usually just trust myself to pick something. That's neither here nor there. Um, go on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Well, I, I actually try and time it to where I receive from a priest in general, like just kind of yeah. always, um, not time it, place myself in a, but I know what you mean. I, it, and the, I, the few times I am in the lay person line, like you, you stick your tongue out at them and they kind of are like, Oh, not this again. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so yeah, it's for me, it's just kind of a constant battle against, uh, mindless routine, not routine, but like mindless routine, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's good. Cause like, that makes sense. Um, if you're in a relationship, you know, uh, you don't want to just do the same things all the time. You want to like spice things up a little bit. You want to like go, out like if you don't go mini golfing you'll go mini golfing one of these days you know like of course keep your standard friday dates you know obviously but you know maybe on monday night you go mini golfing 
mix it up a little bit. Monday night mini golf, Wednesday night top golf, Friday night the driving range. Top top golf is uh, is weird. I I don't like passing fads that I can see from the freeway. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just so <laughs> big and it's not going to last. Like what are we going to turn that into when this inevitably goes bankrupt? That's a great from the freeway is is perfect because in Scottsdale Top golf is right off the freeway. Oh, in Houston too, and even in Orlando and like Atlanta. No, there's there's top golf is always near a freeway because first of all, there's mo- the most room, and also everyone drives by like, what's that huge net doing right there? Is yeah. that a golf? Is that a driving range? Well, sort of. It's a two story driving range, and also it's ridiculous. You mean I can swing a golf club wildly while someone brings me chicken wings? Wait. There's food there? Oh, yeah. I think you can eat and drink there. That's like the big allure because people – it's like people who want to go to a club but don't want to go to a club can go to a place with bright lights and alcohol. Wait, and... that's per- – wait, why are we giving alcohol – why are we getting people drunk 10 stories in the air? I mean, I, I, it's capitalism, baby. Capitalism, baby. Hey, I heard you guys had Jake Simon on your podcast. That's crazy. He's my dad. He he is everybody's dad in Easta. Yeah, he it was really interesting. It it uh I released it earlier today, which is the day we were recording, not the day you're hearing it, but it uh hearing this. And it yeah, it was good. It was talking about, you know, Saint Basil and usury and some things like that. So if you, you also everyone should check it out. I I have a proposition for you patrick let's we're kind of running on close to an hour here what, yeah what do you say we move this over to the roman circus and we'll have a part two so uh, this will drop in like a day or so and we can continue this conversation that'd be awesome but first what would the crunch be without you getting in the crunch bowl oh. i have a question one final question oh well, this is exciting matt matthew baker yes are you are you prepared to get into the crunch bowl bring it let's get started okay first of all what is your favorite cereal oh it's probably cinnamon toast crunch is that just because you're on the crunch podcast no as soon as i said crunch i was like oh this is gonna sound fake but no i think it's gonna sound fake no no it's not yeah that's 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 a good cereal. I didn't actually fun fact, I didn't like Cinnamon Toast Crunch until I met Ethan and he evangelized me into <laughs> Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Sometimes nice. I still get corn pops, I slip back into my old ways. But he walks with me through my through my cereal sin, through my sin reel. Sure. And he, he brings me back to Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Okay, the the next question is would you rather it's really just a would you rather scenario, honestly, because I forgot all the questions. Would you rather Oh my gosh! What is it? He usually says like something with a watermelon. Oh wait, wait! Would you rather have your ears on your butt cheeks or a butthole on your forehead? Uh, yeah, that's the one. Um, ears on butt cheeks, I guess. That's, I mean, that's so obvious, right? Like, I would rather not hear than have a butthole on my forehead. I, I, you know I mean? I'm very vain about my super elite. Uh, 15 on a scale of one to 10 face that I don't want <laughs> that I don't want anything messing it up. Well, at least that means you have like a margin of error, right? Like if you slap a, if you slap a butt on there, it's like, well, at least he's got like bottom three quarters of his face. 
Ooh, that's true. It might knock me down to a 12. That's true. You got to wait. You got to weigh your options, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, would you, would you rather uh, change gender every time you sneeze or not be able to tell the difference between a muffin and a baby? I, man, I, I, uh, I'd probably choose this change gender thing because babies are great. That's true. Unfortunately, and I didn't tell you this part, the gender list is the Facebook list of genders. So you're going to have to have a couple sneezes before you're back to normal. My bad. Hey, you know what? It's a price I'm willing to pay. <laughs> as long as I can hold babies while yeah. looking really, really weird. Right. Okay. I forgot all of the other questions. Um, yeah, I, I guess what, what um, Coke or Pepsi. No, we're not doing that question. Okay. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the crunch um i guess a few brief things before we wrap this episode up and then continue the party in a couple of days on the roman circus podcast man this is crazy i was saying i was saying this earlier it's kind of like it's kind of like those old uh those old disney uh tv shows where they would take three shows and put them all in like three parter episodes like that's so sweet life of hannah montana everybody remember that's so sweet life of hannah montana what a crazy crossover (laughs) the most ambitious crossover Matt does not remember that. He was like, he was like, yeah, those days are behind me. And I'm like, yeah, those days are behind me too, but I still watch those TV shows. No, I remember seeing, you know, DVDs and things of that nature. But... Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Right. I mean, I'm still talking like I watched, I have seen every episode of Liv and Maddie, which is a really recent Disney <laughs> channel. <laughs> That's deep it's Disney. It's so good. TBH, I just wanted a funny show that didn't have like – a bunch of sex in it so i just started watching disney channel shows and turns out there's not a lot of it so it's great um anyway you know where to find us on um on twitter at catholic pat apropostle on instagram at ethan stevie at patrick the iii follow us on wait we have twitter at the crunchcast www.thecrunchcast.com um if you want to support mine or ethan's mission for my mission you can go to adoreministries.securegive.com to help me do more of the evangelizing that i was talking about earlier on the show um and if you donate please let me know so that i can thank you and keep you in the loop of what my mission is like other than that uh matthew would you like to tell people where they can find you uh you can find me i'm at hey it's matt baker for all the all the internet stuff, all the apps, and the podcast is at Roman Circus Pod. Uh, you can follow us on there. We're we're not too bad at Twitter, I think. We've we've done a good job of gaining followers lately. That's uh, really good. Yeah, yeah, I've seen I've seen you guys your Twitter account pretty active. The Crunch account is only recently becoming more active because I have recently started realizing that I should probably put more effort into this. Yeah, Ethan gonna... carries most of the weight on this podcast, and so this past month I've been like, whoops, i got to do everything now. Hey, it's good to uh, share the responsibilities. Yeah, it's the Roman Circus podcast. I do it with friend and rascal Zach Mabry. He's the, he's the fame, and I am the 15 on a scale of 1 to 10 face. And, I thought uh, you were going to say he's the fame and you're the fortune. Ooh, I might be. But yeah, that's where you can find it and uh, go subscribe because we'll have part two of this conversation on there. So as always, thank you, Matthew. Well, not as always, but thank you, Matthew, (laughs) for coming on this episode of The Crunch. Uh, As always, thank you for listening. Please pray for us. We will be praying for you. And this closing line is going to get so outdated as we stop 
this podcast isn't even for just our Twitter followers anymore. Mm-hmm. As always, see you on the Twitters. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.